Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Palm Sunday is partially a day of songs, a day of praise. Certainly that's what the, the crowds were doing. We hear the excitement in the gospel reading as they all go out to see their king coming into Jerusalem and they're waving the palm branches. We could probably learn something from those first century Jews about praising Jesus, right? They're very exuberant, very excited uh, in their praise. And so as we read through our, our text this morning, our scripture reading, we're going to stop and take note of those instances of praise and the various ways in which they showed their thanks and praise to Jesus. However, they're also missing something. They're also missing something very important, and we want to take note of that as well. Our text then for this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. We begin with verses 1 and 2. Now when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. And he said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. This was really a very strange thing, no doubt, for the disciples to hear from Jesus. They had walked from Bethany to Jerusalem many times in the course of Jesus' ministry, and never before had Jesus bothered, at least as far as we know, had Jesus bothered with a donkey or any other animal. On top of that, he's basically asking them to steal someone's donkey, right? Go into the village and you're going to find this donkey tied up. Just, you know, take it and, and bring it to me. Knowing Peter as we do, we probably wouldn't be surprised if Peter or one of the other disciples had stood up at this point and objected, tried to tell Jesus, this doesn't seem like a good idea. However, on this incident, at this point in time, they don't do that, do they? But rather, they hear Jesus' words, they trust that Jesus knows what he's doing, and they obey. They praise Jesus not only with their words, but with their obedience. They trust that Jesus knows what he's talking about. Isn't that what we just heard at the end of our scripture readings? Blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. It's easy to come to church on Sunday morning and sing praises to Jesus, especially on Palm Sunday when we have such wonderful hymns to sing. We should have Palm Sunday more often just so we can sing those hymns, right? But it's a little bit harder to go home and praise Jesus not only with our voices, but even with our obedience to his word. Jesus often asks us to do things that don't seem to be a good idea. And yet when we learn to trust him, we find the fulfillment of our faith and our hope in our lives. One of the things that Jesus has asked us to do that doesn't seem like a good idea is to live for death. Our natural instinct is to savor every moment of this life, to live our life for this life, to treasure the things of this world and build up treasure on this world. But Jesus 
was riding into Jerusalem to die. And he calls on us to, if we would follow him, to take up our cross, to live our life for death, to trust him that the day of our death is not the end, but rather the beginning of something far better and far more wonderful. To not only live knowing we're going to die, but to live looking forward to what comes after that death. And not treasuring up and seeking to hold on to all the things of this life, but rather waiting with expectations for that glorious day to come. To believe his word and to praise him even with our actions. We continue with verses 3 through 8. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and they found the colt tied by the door outside on the street and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing loosening the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. First of all, we have the owners of that donkey. The Gospel of Mark simply says that those standing nearby, but John tells us it was actually the owners who were the ones standing there and asked the disciples, what are you doing? So first of all, we have the the owners of, of the colt, and then also the crowd giving of their possessions as Jesus has need, and praising him, therefore, also with their possessions. Imagine you're hanging around outside and some strange men come up and start to take your motorbike out of your garage or your bicycle, or maybe if you have a horse, some of us have horses, not some of us, some of some of you, <laughs> start taking it away, what would your reaction be uh, to that? You can well probably stop. And If they responded, the Lord has need of it, would we respond the way these people did? Oh, the Lord has need of it, go ahead. I'm not using it right now. You take it, Lord. It wasn't only the owners of the, of the donkey that had this attitude, though, was it? It was also the crowds of people as they laid their coats on the path. You know, it's one thing to go and lay your coat on the road out here, which, relatively speaking, relative to this road, the road out here is pretty clean. It's quite another thing to, to lay your coat down on the road to Jerusalem, which was probably not paved, it was probably muddy, and which would have been uh, trampled and used very much by all the pilgrims coming to Jerusalem for the Passover, we're told that Jerusalem was already full of crowds of people who had come up for the Passover. You can imagine those crowds uh, coming along that path, bringing their horses and donkeys and their sheep and other animals to be slaughtered and the, the mess that those animals and all those feet would leave on that road. And here people are laying their coats down on this mess. And not only laying the coats down on top of it, but the donkey coming along then and stomping it into that muck and animal feces. That was quite an expression of praise and thanks for the people to give even of their coats, uh, laying them on the road for Jesus' 
entrance. The people praise God with their possessions. Whatever the Lord has need of, he says, you take and use. You know, we try to teach our kids to share, right? And it's a kind of an uphill battle. Kids have a tendency to think, mine. Even when, we, even when kids haven't used a certain toy in months, it's still not okay for their brother to take it and play with it, right? I remember when I was a kid, there was a certain uh, blanket. It wasn't even my blanket. It was, I just happened to think of it as mine for some reason, and mom would try and put it on a different bed or put it someplace else, and I would go and find it and drag it back to my bed all the time. We try and teach our kids how to share, but are we really any better? Even when we grow up, we still have a tendency to think, mine. And to some degree, that is correct. Uh, Peter, remember what Peter says to Ananias in Acts chapter 5, verse 4. He says, while it remained, he's talking about his house and his land there. He says, while it remained, it was your own to do with as you, as you wished. And after it sold, was it not in your own control? The money was, was yours to decide what to do with. And so God has indeed given all of us things, possessions, money, house, home, etc. And by giving them to us, he has told us that they are our responsibilities. It's our decision how to use them and, and what to do with them. And nobody else except God can judge our decisions in those matters. And we shouldn't judge anyone else in the way that they use their money or possessions. Nevertheless... We have, nevertheless, we join the crowds in praising Jesus with our possessions when we take those things and say to Jesus, do you have need of these? If you have need of them, take them and use them. Not only our money and our possessions, of course, but also our time, our talents, our abilities. Do you have need of them, Lord? You take them and use them. We saw a great example of that yesterday, a few of us did anyway, uh, at the, the concert we had here yesterday, a beautiful concert of, of praise to God and some young people who gave not only of their time but also their talents a lot of time in preparation for that concert. They took their time and talents and said, Lord, do you have, can you use these? Do you have need of them? And praise the Lord then with their time and their talents. Verses 9 to 11. Then those who went before and those who followed after cried out, saying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at all things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Finally, the people then, of course, praise Jesus, not only with their possessions and with their obedience, but also here with their voices. Singing Psalm 118, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we can, we can feel the excitement and the joy on that first Palm Sunday, can't we? And these people had good reason to be excited. For these people, the, the miracles of Jesus were not stories about something that happened long ago in a land far away. For these people, the miracles of Jesus were, was, were things that happened to them, which they saw with their own eyes. Think about who may have been in that crowd. Right? Lazarus may have been there. He lived 
uh, right there in Bethany. That, that lame man who was uh, sitting by the, the, by the pool whom Jesus healed, he may have, have been there. Mary Magdalene, uh, from whom Jesus had cast out seven demons, was probably there. And many others whom Jesus' power had touched personally and who, from whom he had healed many diseases. And even if they themselves had not uh, received healing, they, most of them certainly would have seen one or another of the miracles. It's not hard to understand why they're so excited. From their point of view, all their dreams are about to come true. And they see Jesus coming and they run out. You know, the city of Jerusalem sits on top of a hill. And then down the hill from Jerusalem, there's a valley. And then up the valley is uh, the Mount of Olives. And up on the top of that is Bethany. But that Mount of Olives is much higher than the, the little smaller hill that Jerusalem sits on. So if you're in Jerusalem, especially if you're near that gate, you're going to see Jesus, literally, you're going to see him coming a mile away, coming down that rather large hill, the Mount of Olives. You're going to see this procession uh, the whole way on his way to Jerusalem. And many did see it and rushed out there to, to join that crowd. They were excited and they wanted to praise this great king who, from their point of view, could make all their dreams come true. However, as we said before, they're missing something, aren't they? Part of the purpose of Palm Sunday is indeed to praise Jesus, and we can learn something about praising Jesus from these people, but we need to go one step further. And remember that another part of Palm Sunday was that Jesus came to die. He rode in Jerusalem to be crowned king, yes, but a king who would die for his people. He came to be accepted by those who believe and confess their sins, but he also came to be rejected. Jesus came to die. The Gospel of John reminds us in John 12, 16, his disciples did not understand these things at first. John is talking about Palm Sunday here. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. What was it that they didn't understand about Palm Sunday? They certainly understood the crowds were praising Jesus. They certainly understood that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was coming to be king. But they didn't understand what it meant for him to be king, that he was a king coming to die. We call it Palm Sunday, and that's because of the palm branches that you see along the pews there and up there, the palm branches that the people waved and put on the road in front of, of, in front of Jesus, praising him. But we also call it Passion Sunday, don't we? Because it's the beginning of Christ's passion. It's the beginning of his suffering and death it's the beginning of his death for our sins. The crowds had a very good reason to be excited. They had seen Jesus change water into wine. They had seen Jesus feed 5,000 people with bread, with a few loaves of bread and a few fishes. They had seen him heal every disease, cast out the demons, and even now raise Lazarus from the dead. What more could they want in a king? 
Someone who would give them all the wine they could drink, all the bread and fish they could eat, someone who could heal all their diseases, and even could keep them from dying. No wonder they were so excited. As they said before, they thought all their dreams were about to come true. We have even more reason to praise God today, don't we? We have even more reason than those first century Jewish people to go out in the street and to meet Jesus with palm branches because we know what kind of king he really came to be, to die for our sins. It's a lot easier for us in our sinfulness and in our selfishness to get excited uh, when a king comes handing out earthly goods or when we think that's what they're doing. When, when a governor comes handing out checks, we are more likely to, to vote for him, right? A governor or a president or a, a senator or whoever. If they're going to give us more earthly goods, that's easy to get excited for. But this king is the king we really need. This king is the king that came to give us forgiveness from sins. We have a greater reason to praise Jesus, even more reason to get excited because we know the truth that he came to die for us. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.